Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this message in our current series. Well, good morning. I got in this morning, and I looked at the stage, and I told Al, you are now officially one of the old people on the stage. <laughs> like, lowered the average age group. I love seeing... Uh, our college students back, our interns getting to use all the gifts and next weekend. Uh, we're going to kind of kick it off with the summer celebration, one service all together at 10 o'clock. We've got a bunch of stuff planned for that, but we're going to be continuing in our series. And we're in Philippians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible uh, or an app for the Bible and you're following along, you should uh, turn there now. Um, a couple of months ago, I read a book. It's kind of a popular level leadership book. It's called Atomic Habits. Anybody read Atomic Habits? Kind of, a, kind of an interesting, fun book. It's got some, and and the, the title captured me. In fact, I thought, oh, I could have stolen that title for this weekend's message, Atomic Habits. Because it turns out we all know the power of good habits. Like, like if there's a habit that gets ingrained in your life and it is practiced over a long time, my goodness, it can have an impact, right? So if you've ever met somebody who's roughly, you know, your age and has a job that looks roughly like yours and they're getting ready to retire and you're getting ready to work for 20 more years, you're like, what? How did that happen? And then you talk to them and you learn that they started saving X amount of percentage when they were like 12. Power of a habit, right? I mean, unbelievable. You meet somebody and you're like, man, every time I talk to this person, they're like so well informed. They're just so smart. And you talk to them and you discover that they've developed a habit of reading every single day. That's a powerful, powerful habit. I remember meeting a guy here at the church who was a few years older than I was, and he is like the fittest looking guy I've ever met. Like, like turning 60 and just jacked. I'm like, man, how? And he's like, I plank every day. I'm like, really? So I tried planking. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I didn't say nothing funny yet. I tried planking and I decided I was going to go back to reading every day. That's my habit, right? That's a, you didn't come because I was fit, right? Oh, man. Uh, habits are powerful. I think Paul may have had this idea of a repeated habit in your life when he comes to this passage. But, he, but he's going to set the stage first. And he does that in verse 12. He says, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. So uh, in the past, Paul had been present with them, and now he's writing a letter to them, encouraging them in the way of Jesus. And he says, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. And here's what he says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Uh, many of you may have a translation that says, work out your own salvation. And this is literally what it means. Work hard, like work on this thing, work this out, work out the implications of being a follower of Jesus. Because you're a follower of Jesus, put the effort in, do the work, follow these things, do these things to live out this life of Jesus in you. And then he says, obeying God 
with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you a desire and a power. He's going to give you the will and the power to do what pleases him. So he's, he's setting this all up, and then in the very next verse, he's going to give one habit, for lack of a better term, one thing you can do to live out this following Jesus' peace. And it, and, and it may not be exactly what you were thinking. So let me show you verse, next verse, verse 14. Here's what he says. Do everything without complaining and arguing. <laughs> Anybody want to go back to planking? <laughs> so that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. But woe, verse 14 do everything <laughs> not most things not some things everything without none not a little bit not sort of like without complaining and arguing none of it everything <laughs> that's just harder that that's just hard like I was working on this early this week and I'm like everything I'm like reading through getting ready I'm like everything like whoa so I decided I'm like I wonder if I can go a day without complaining or arguing one day 20, 24 hours I'm gonna sleep I'm gonna sleep extra that day <laughs> This is like, you should try this. I'm, I'm hoping some of you will try it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one day, no complaining, no arguing. So I got up the next morning, and the first thing I do in the morning is I, uh, I pull out my journal and my, my reading, and I, I'm reading Scripture, and then I, I have a, a journal where I journal my prayer. I write, I write my prayers out, and I'm writing my prayers. I'm praying, and I look down at the paper, and I realize I'm complaining on paper. I'm like, does, and then I told myself, well, that doesn't count because it's praying. Like, if I complain while I'm praying, isn't it just praying and telling God, you know, what's wrong and what needs to be fixed? So I gave myself a mulligan. I'm like, all right, all right, we're good, we're good. And I, I've, been, I've been helping Britt uh, do some renovations on her house, and I went, this is the mistake, I decided to try and work on uh, renovations while committing not to complaining and arguing. I lasted 30 minutes, like 30 minutes in. I'm like, duck, 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 duck. man, this is hard. Without complaining or arguing, like none. Ah, I like at some point during the day, I was like, I think I'm gonna try this again tomorrow. Let's just give up. Let's. It's hard without complaining or arguing. You see, complaining and arguing is, is how 
part of the time, it's how we control our image. If you've ever watched a, a, a basketball game and you've seen somebody, you know, get called for a foul, oh, 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 man, it's no, 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 it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, and or they miss a shot and they're like looking at everybody else like it's their fault. And what we're doing is we're complaining and arguing to control our image. What people think of us. But most of the time, hmm, mm -mm -mm. most of the time, control the thing. It's just a little bit of control. There's a term for this. When I'm, when I can't fix it and the anger is boiling up inside of me, I've got to regulate a little bit and let off some steam, some complaining, some arguing. It, it's like, it's like this right here, right? Y'all glad you sat in the front row? <laughs> Don't tell nobody in the second service, right? Right? Warm summer day, right? <laughs> what? I love the mixture of reactions. The people four rows back are like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know, man, right? Like, Now what we do, man, it's like <sighs> just a little bit, just just a control, just just a, I'm not gonna do it, don't worry. <laughs> I gotta wear this shirt next service. Just maybe next service I'll just a little bit. Sometimes I don't care. <laughs> We got something boiling up inside of us. And I can't do anything about it. And complaining and arguing is my way of regulating that emotion. So what the heck is Paul talking about? No complaining. No arguing. Paul, Paul, is, Paul is saying, you have something different in you. You have Jesus in you. See, if I had, if I had a bottle of water, I was going to get a bottle of water, but we live in Falmouth. Is that complaining? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I would have recycled the bottle. Trust me, I know some of you are like, I'm, 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 I'm. remember, no complaining or arguing. Man. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, man, listen, if there's something different in the bottle, 
you don't have to complain or argue. You don't, you don't have to, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, because of Jesus Christ in you, he is so transforming how you live and how you react and how you feel that he gives you the ability to live without complaining and arguing. So it turns out, Paul knew what he was talking about. And when he said this, it's very likely that his audience, this church in Philippi, knew exactly what he meant because they knew how their church got started. You see, it's 61 AD when Paul is writing this letter, and the church is just celebrating its 10th anniversary. Because 10 years before, in about 51 AD, Paul shows up. It's the first time he shows up to plant the church in what is essentially parts of Europe. And he shows up, and the very first person who comes to faith in Christ and the leader of the early church there in Philippi is a woman named Lydia. She was a successful merchant in the community. And she invites them into her house and gives them a home base. And Paul and Silas are going out and they're preaching the gospel and they're telling the story. And it creates an uproar in the town. You may remember this if you, you spent some time in Sunday school. And the uproar was so severe, they throw them in prison in prison for preaching the gospel. And while they're in prison, <laughs> remember this? If you were in Sunday school, we love this one in Sunday school, Paul and Silas sitting in prison. What were they doing? Well, they're in prison and they're, well, let, me, let me read it to you. It says around midnight, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. They're just singing. They're praying. They're singing. They're singing hymns. I don't know what the hymn was they were singing. Probably, probably Psalms, but I was thinking for me, I'd be singing Reckless Love. You know, there's no wall he can't knock down. No thing. That's what I'm thinking in prison, right? You know? singing and people are listening who are these who are these guys we throw them in prison they don't ask for a lawyer they ask for a hymnal what's up with that these guys are singing it says everyone's everyone's listening well here's the next part of the story suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. We're going home, people. Jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners are escaped, so he, he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, 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 stop. Don't kill yourself. We haven't gone anywhere. We're all here. I love this next part. The next verse, verse 29. Then the jailer called for lights 
And he ran through the dungeon. And he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> Man, ain't nobody forgetting that story. How'd this church get started? Like they had their Discover Philippi church class. They said, oh man, Paul came here in prison. They didn't whine, they didn't complain. They just, they just started singing. And then when the earthquake came, they didn't run. It was the weirdest thing. And jailer, they're right over there. He's one of, he's one of our ushers. You see, Paul knew firsthand what a powerful testimony it was to have a life so transformed by Jesus Christ that it didn't need to complain or argue, that it could... no. It could live in gratitude and thankfulness anywhere, anytime. And his life had been so transformed, and now here he is 10 years later, and he's saying, look, live this way. If you want people to see Jesus, live this way. Anywhere, anytime. In every circumstance, live without complaining or arguing. Be so transformed by Jesus and by what he's doing. See, I think part of what, what, what he's doing here is, is, is Paul is saying, listen, you, you're, you're going to want to say something. So if you're going to sing about something, sing about what's real and true, what's real and true. You see, inside Every one of us, when, when we're locked in a battle, right? When life is uncontrollable, when we're, when we're fearful, there's a battle, like there's this internal struggle about what is real and what is true. And it's a battle between what is real and what is true. What I'm afraid of or who I pray to. Let me say that again. Is what I'm afraid of the most real most true thing of all, or is who I pray to the most real, the most true thing of all. And Paul had just decided he was so transformed by gave him the ability to see Jesus in the presence of Jesus in his life as the most real, most true thing of all to the point where he no longer felt compelled to release, to vent his anger through complaining and arguing. He could just say, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever you're afraid of. You can live without complaining and arguing 
Because of Jesus, you can stand confident in his grace and his goodness. Is the most real, most true thing in your life what you're afraid of or who you're praying to? They can't both be real and true. Is the most real, most true thing in my life what I'm afraid of? What I woke up at 4 a.m. thinking about? What kept me awake at midnight? What makes me angry and vent? Or is the one I pray to the most real, most true thing of all in my life? life. That's what Paul is saying. See, Paul knew this, this right here, this, this habit, this thing will be in large part how you write your testimony. You see, your testimony is written in the impossible and ugly the most impossible situations in your life, the ugliest seasons of life are right where your testimony is written. You say, what is a testimony? A testimony, that's a good, it's a good question, and thank you for asking. A testimony is what people know about Jesus because they know you. A testimony is not like what people know about me. It's what people know about Jesus because they know me. And the most powerful testimony is often the testimony of struggle. It's what we do when life is impossible and it's ugly. I mean, I get it. There's two kinds of testimony. There's success stories and struggle stories. There, there's, there's testimonies of success where you look at somebody and you're like, my goodness, I want their life. God has been so good to them. They followed him faithfully. Look at all the blessing and favor that is poured out on their life. I want me some of that. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. That's the testimony I want too. That's my favorite testimony. But often the most powerful testimony is not the success story, but it's the struggle story. It's the story of what happens when life was ugly and impossible and God wrote something there. And in that moment, they saw us. And in us, they saw a little bit of Jesus. And what Paul is saying is, listen, the way they'll see that is when you live through the ugly and impossible and instead of complaining and arguing, you're telling the story about what is most real and what is most true in Jesus Christ and how he has changed you forever. So, if you're here, <laughs> you are in one of those long, ugly, impossible seasons, and you woke up this morning thinking about it. That is very likely where God is writing his best story about your life. And we say, Lord, I don't even know what to do 
because there's nothing I can do. Like some days I wake up and I just wanna, I just wanna rip the cap off and let it out because that's what feels good. And he's saying, listen, because of Jesus in you, just, just stand there. And, and if you can't say anything, don't say anything. But if you can, if you can say something, if you can just, and, and if you've got the ability to sing, go ahead and sing. But let's say, just, just say what is true and real about Jesus Christ and remind yourself of his faithfulness. I love uh, this wasn't in my notes, so it's not going to be up on screen, but I, I love Colossians chapter 3. Uh, there's, a, there's a verse there that says, it says, set your mind. I preached on this before, a little bit last year. Set your mind on heaven. Fix your mind on heaven where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father in the place of power and honor. You died when Christ died. And because of him, you have a new life. And that's how we stand. When life is ugly and it's impossible without complaining and arguing. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. <clears throat> I just want to finish with a quiet moment to reflect on what Jesus is doing. And I'm mindful of those who are here this morning And you were up early. Maybe couldn't get to sleep at all. Because of the ugly and impossible that's in your life. It feels overwhelming. Make no mistake, Paul, Paul's not just telling us to, you know, suck it up. It's not what he's doing. He's saying because of Jesus, you have a new reality in your life. Fix your mind on that reality. Sing about that. I want you to see that. If you're struggling to see it, say it out loud. Just to remind yourself. And in that moment, without complaining and arguing... God is writing a testimony through your life, and people will see in you a little bit of Jesus. There'll be no other explanation for it. <laughs> and like that jailer, they may come asking, where does that come from? How can I have that. Father, I, I pray for those who are going through a season of the ugly and the impossible in their life and they haven't figured it out yet. 
maybe feeling a bit guilty over the moments when we just rip the cap off the bottle and just spray it over everybody. We're just so grateful for your grace, your goodness, your forgiveness, Father. You haven't given up on us. But you're also calling us to a new season, a new way of life. So transforming us from the inside out that we can live without complaining and arguing. That those around us see a little bit of Jesus in us. We pray this together. In Jesus' name, amen. 